But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3.15 NIV Translation Welcome to the Defender's Digest. Good morning, Defenders. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Defender's Digest. On this show, every Monday morning, we start with a motivational, devotional, uh, looking up towards God as we look forward towards our week. Kind of the goal of this podcast is that we can reorient our lives, focusing on Him and His will for us. Um, Today, I want to talk to you guys about something really, it just inspired me very recently. I... I had the opportunity to listen to a speaker who shared a story, and I'm going to just share his story with you guys today. Um, I'm going to share an abbreviated version. I'm going to share a slightly altered version because I don't know all of the specific details, but um, he was was in the military and the Air Force, and so there's some technical stuff that I just, I don't know, Uh, but I'm going to share his story with you. It was so powerful and meaningful to me and to the others who heard it that I I wanted to share it and I wish I could give proper credit um, but honestly I don't know what the speaker's name was and I don't know how to contact him uh, but it really was an amazing story so I'm gonna I'm gonna share that story with you guys here today um, speaker starts off I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Dan I don't know what his name was but we're, we're gonna call him Dan uh, Dan starts off his story he starts by saying you know I had this rough childhood um, and I'm not gonna pretend that it was worse than any childhood that everyone anyone's ever experienced but it was, it was rough it was it's my lot this is what my lot was my lot was that uh my my dad walked out before i was born this is what dan says he says um my mom remarried and uh when i was in going into middle school my mom and my stepdad they sat me down and told me that uh i should give up my dreams for college because they're not going to support me in any way um and so he tells this narrative about how he had no support at home and you know home life was rough childhood was rough and uh he had this goal of being a fighter pilot he wanted to be a fighter pilot so he went ahead and he joined the air force and he didn't end up becoming a fighter pilot he ended up being in a crew for a a plane that's usually does uh, cargo drops and sometimes they do emergency medical medical evacs but they usually do cargo drops and uh, that's what he does and so he tells us the story of, uh, you know, this one time he's stationed in Germany, and in, it's 1997, he's stationed in Germany, and uh, they have these this rule in the military for crews like his that they have to have 16-hour rest periods after so much time working, and it's crucial that they get this because um, what they're doing is so specific and detail-oriented that uh, if you're not cognitively there the bad things can happen so um, they're in this rest period they're about four hours into this rest period and uh one of his crewmates knocks on his door and says hey uh, get your gear on and meet wherever it is that they meet um we'll talk about it when we get there no questions and so he gets his gear on and goes down and uh the leader of the crew is there and it's like what i'm about to ask you to do i'm not i can't ask you to do so I'm not. I'm going to tell you the situation, and if you choose to volunteer, that's on you. But here's the situation. In 1997, there were two U.S. embassies in two different countries bombed at the same exact time. 
the U.S. Embassy in Kenya, there was this uh, lady who was on the other side of the street looking at the U.S. Embassy through a window. And when the bombs went off, it shattered the window and covered her in glass. And um, She ended up getting blinded by the glass. She ended up being in critical condition. And she was in the state where um, they couldn't do anything for her medically without risking killing her. Uh, they couldn't give her any more morphine to alleviate the pain. She was in immense pain because giving her any more drugs would kill her. They couldn't put her in a medically induced coma because it would lower her heart rate too low and that would kill her. And they couldn't do surgery because they didn't have the proper equipment. And so he's in Germany. This is in Kenya. And the only places that can actually help her are in the United States. And this was a U.S. embassy that got bombed, which means that U.S. Uh, forces are the only ones who are allowed to respond to it right now. It's an active war zone, effectively. And uh, because there's not very many crews like this, uh, he's they're told that they are literally the only crew in the world that can save this woman's life. And they don't have to go, because they're supposed to be on crew rest. So every member of the crew volunteers to go. And... They basically, they're going to go from Germany to Kenya, pick her up, and then go from Kenya to the United States, somewhere around Washington, D.C., if I remember right. And they got about a 24-hour time period before they think that they're going to lose her. Um, and, you know, time's of the essence here. So they fly down to Kenya, they pick her up, they put her in the back of their airplane, and they take off. And um, I don't, this isn't a commercial airplane, so it's not insulated. Um, she's in the back of this cargo plane, effectively, that's cold and loud, dark. She can hear the pilots, but she doesn't speak their language, so she's she's covered in glass, she's blind, she's in searing pain, she hears a lot of loud noise, she's cold, she hears these people in the language she doesn't understand yelling and arguing and loud chaos. And what she doesn't know is that... Uh, the pilots are arguing with air traffic controllers because uh, the altitude they're flying at, there's too much turbulence. They're going too slow, and they're not going to get where they're trying to get in time. So they're going to raise altitude. And the air traffic controllers are telling them, you can't raise altitude. There's, there's people above you. There's planes above you. And they're responding, well, then you, you move them because we're raising altitude. We're not losing this woman. We're raising her altitude. And this is the, the negotiation that's happening, and she doesn't know that. And at the same time, uh, Dan... The, the gentleman who shared this story, uh, Dan's not his real name, uh, but at the same time, Dan's working uh, on the fuel lines where he's actually limiting the amount of fuel that's going to each of the engines, and he's actually forcing the engines to work harder and push them so that they'll go faster than they're supposed to go. Um, he gave this picture that uh, the idea was to break the plane, but have it break after they landed uh, by pushing it faster than it's supposed to go. And all these things that all these people are doing, they're, they're interworking to, uh, to save this woman's life. And she has no idea about any of it. All she knows is that it's dark, cold, loud, and painful. She can't see. And Dan says, he goes, in this moment, as I'm doing everything that I can to help save this woman's life, I, I recognize how she doesn't have a clue what's going on. But everything that's going on is to help her. And I realized something else. Growing up in that rough childhood, I had no idea why this was my lot. But I can now recognize that everything that God was doing in my life was preparing me to be in this moment to save this woman's life. 
if anything in life would have gone differently, then I wouldn't have ended up here. If I if if I would have been if I would have got what I wanted, which was to be a fighter pilot, I wouldn't be here. If I this is the crew on the planet that can save this woman's life, I would be part of it. If I would have had a more supportive family and would have went to college, I wouldn't be in the Air Force at all. And who knows what would have happened if my dad was there. But in all of that trauma and pain, God was working everything for her very beautiful plan. It was a lot better than being in a fighter pilot or going to college. They could have never known. In a similar way that she has no idea everything that we're doing to save her life. Dan threw out a lot of morals to this story. He talked about living an honorable life after that. He talked about doing what you're called to do, not because you understand it, but because you're called to do it. He talked about being obedient to God. He talked about evangelizing. He talked about sharing the gospel. I'm let you guys draw your own conclusions from that story. See what life lessons you think that it's giving you. Um, to me, it was a very powerful message of God's plan, God's sovereignty. To me, it was a very powerful message saying that if I don't know what's happening or why it's happening in my life right now, well, there's good reason that I can trust that it's beneficial. I can't know that it's beneficial, but I can trust and I can choose to believe that God's working through this. And it's also a good reminder that in every moment, even if it's not what we thought we wanted to be doing, we should be grateful for the position that God's put us in. We should be grateful for the blessings he's given us. And we should seek to do our very best in that position, if nothing else, to be honoring to God who put us there. That's all I have for you guys this week. I love you all. God bless.